स्मार्ट कास्ट लिसनिंग टू अंदुस्तान टाइम्स प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट वेलकम टू सीजन टू ऑफ आर पॉडकास्ट किस फॉर फ्री इन विच वी डिस्कस ऑल थिंग्स फुटबॉल आई एम धीमान एंड विथ मी इज माई को होस्ट विवेक Well, where do we start? We had two nail biters at the FIFA World Cup on Friday night. Both matches went to a penalty shootout. Croatia pipping five-time champions Brazil after a 1-1 draw at the end of extra time. Argentina meanwhile beat Netherlands on penalties after a 2-2 draw at the end of extra time. Diman, uh, there's plenty to discuss. Brazil are out in the quarter-final stage for the fourth time in the last five editions. This was considered perhaps Brazil's best chance in a long time, but their wait to add to that tally continues. Uh, Neymar scored a superb goal in the 106th minute, but Petkovic equalized in the 117th minute. Uh, Diman, Croatia's organization, organization and grit seem to prevail in the end. Anything Brazil could have done different? Well, it's it's very easy to be uh, wise in hindsight, and uh, really, uh, at one level, there is not much you could have done when the when your penalty uh, sends the goalkeeper the wrong way completely, but rebounds off the post, and you are out of the World Cup. I think there will be post mortems. Chiche stepped down, uh, but I think the most important thing that came across to me at the ground yesterday was brazil kind of gave the feeling that they'd already won it when neymar scored hmm. i mean we all know about their elaborate uh, celebrations etc but yesterday after neymar scored there was celebration at half time of extra time when there's still 15 minutes to go against a team that has played a world cup final that has made a habit of winning games that go into overtime Brazil's reactions there were hugs there were you know emotional embraces it seemed like they'd already won it so maybe there was a slight lack of focus in the last 15 minutes of the game which led to what it did but again it's easier to be wiser in hindsight you don't expect that to happen to a team at this level but the impressions that Brazil conveyed to the people at the ground at education city and to the media was that it, they kind of assumed that the match was over before it was over neman uh, that neymar goal was superb of course uh, excellent uh, build up play and then for neymar to beat the goalkeeper and finish it uh, yeah it did seem like uh, i think that took uh, the weight off their shoulders in a sense and they perhaps felt that they had uh, they had already won the game which is where they faltered Uh, yeah, you Croatia. don't expect that to happen yeah. at this level because these guys, I mean, they play at the highest level. Um, they know all about stoppage time goals and stuff. You would expect that to not happen. Maybe it did not. I mean, but that's the impression that we got, uh, or at least I got. Uh, so maybe there there was a slight lack of focus because they got completely caught on the break. Hmm. In their excitement, they tried to go for another goal instead of managing the game. and you know managing the game is something we we'll come to argentina in a bit we can talk about that as well but so instead of managing the game they went for another goal and got punished so i mean that's the impression that 
came through. Diman, uh, Chiche took Vinicius off quite early, I think in the 60th minute or so. Uh, was that a bit surprising to you? Or uh, do you think he was not really having an effect and so it was, it was perhaps the right call? Both. Uh, because, see, we discussed this earlier that, you know, the longer the game goes, more Brazil stand going to panic. Because it is them, uh, Croatia. The, the, the longer Croatia keep a clean sheet, the greater control they are having over the game. They were a happier team at halftime. They would have been happy to see these replacements because it was the first sign that Brazil needed to show urgency. And that's, again, the first sign of, you know, things not going to plan, accepting that your plan A has not worked. Now, Brazil do have phenomenal depth, but Croatia had a plan to cut off Vinicius. And that plan really worked very well. When, when Brazil started playing out from the back, they created a situation by ensuring that Brazil was not being able to play the ball to the left and r- r- send it to Vinicius. They forced Brazil to play it out wide to the right. And every time they did that, then they crowded the midfield so the balls did not come to Vinicius. Now, Vinicius usually likes the ball somewhere around the Midfield, so that he can, you know, you remember his goals in the Champions League when he, the 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 one he scored against Manchester City was it where Fernandino was, you know, sort of made to look his age. So Vinicius likes the ball around the centre circle. Those deliveries did not come. So in a way, it was a tacit acceptance that Vinicius was not doing enough. It also was a sign of showing that they were panicking possibly because although the replacements are good. But there's a reason why Vinicius is the first choice player. So maybe you could have kept him for 10 more minutes because these are players who can make differences on in, in, in one run, one move. I think it was a combination of both. I think it was an acceptance that Croatia were, had, had a plan for Vinicius and it was working. And also an acceptance of the fact that Brazil's idea of what to get out of Vinicius was not working. But again, that was the first time it conveyed to me that Brazil are beginning to panic. Right, right. Let's come to Croatia. Uh, it's a remarkable achievement, isn't it? Uh, although they reached the finals four years ago, uh, not a lot of people would have expected this Croatian side to come this far, uh, particularly because of the age of some of the players. Modric is 37, Kovacic is also getting on and uh, uh, even Ivan Perisic is over 30. So, a remarkable achievement, isn't it? To, to yeah, Dejan Lovren is over 30. Yeah. Uh, Modric is 37, going on 23. So, <laughs> uh, the kind of performance he put in yesterday, uh, I asked Zlatko Dalic about Modric and he said, it's unbelievable. You don't do this normally at 37. Another journalist asked the same question about him and he said, he's, a, he's an ultimate professional. It is because his commitment to the game, you know, you don't need to tell him anything. And he, he trains... Individually, he trains. We talk about Ronaldo's, Cristiano Ronaldo's training regimes and all that. This guy does it quietly. He has to be supremely fit to be able to last a game of this intensity where he was doing so much running. He, Zlatko Dalic said he asked Modric whether he wanted to be substituted. Modric said no. So, it's adrenaline, it's enthusiasm for the stage and it's the hard work that goes behind the scenes. So, the point is, Croatia's midfield is full of old players. They do not run around. They do not press as much as you are expected to do in football these days. Mm-hmm. Yet, they get the job done because they have a sense of positioning and they have the understanding among themselves. So, there's no one is really isolated. 
Now, Modric was dropping deep. He was the one who was setting the move going. But he always had a player to pass. Just like he was always available as a passing option, he always had a player to pass. Sometimes the passes were played long to Juranovic on the right. Uh, uh, and then one of them caught Danilo by surprise to the point that he had a high boot. So the midfield was what really swayed it. And we all knew that. I mean, uh, it's like those, um, uh, you know, you, you know it's going to happen. Aryan Robin goals. You know he's going to cut in. You know he's going to aim for the bottom corner. You still can't stop him. So everybody knew that Croatia's midfield is the key. But yet, they could not really stop uh, them from doing their bit. And the, the point I think uh, Zlatko Dalic made that was very significant was that when the midfielders had the ball, they did not hurry. Now, that is what comes through experience. Despite pressure, there was a lot of… Brazil's four attackers were pretty much camping near the uh, Croatia penalty area. So, every time a Modric or a Brozovic or a Kovacic received the ball, they were under pressure. But they did not hoof it. They still managed to find a pass. That comes from experience and I think that made the difference uh, in Croatia, gaining more control of the game, in denying Brazil, which was their way of gaining control and, and taking the match deeper and deeper by, and, and keeping a clean sheet till then. Right, right. Uh, I think Croatia now have a 4-0 record in shootouts in the World Cup. So, clearly another, none of their opponents would want to take it to penalties against them. Uh, because again, you know, the point again here is important. As, as, as Zlatko Dalic said yesterday, when you save the first penalty, you do two things. You give your team confidence and you take away the opponent's confidence because the opponent thinks you're going to save again. Now, think about this. Rodrigo takes the shot. Livakovic saves. Hmm. Croatia are already leading. Advantage Croatia... Confidence Croatia, morale boost Croatia. The second guy who comes in to take Brazil's shot is under pressure thinking if he's saved Rodrigo's, he's going to save mine. So, he's, he's overthinking. Hmm. Now, that is an important point. that you know he's, When the goalkeeper saves the first shot, it gives the team a two-fold advantage. It gives his team the confidence and it takes away, sucks away that confidence from his rival team. And I think that was a very crucial point that Zlatko Dalic made. And that, that is... An important reason why Croatia won back-to-back tiebreakers here. You think of the Japan tiebreaker. Again, Livakovic saves. Then Livakovic saves again. Okay, those penalties were not very good. And Brazil got distinctly unlucky with the ball thudding away from the post of Marquinhos' shot. But, but you know, on, look, at the, look at the penalties Croatia took. They were all aimed for the acutest angles and they were all executed perfectly. So, as Luis Enrique has mentioned, they are not about luck. There's a certain amount of skill involved in this. And Croatia executed those skills under pressure perfectly, yes. Uh, moving on to the second game, there was huge anticipation from the Argentina-Netherlands match and it did, and it did turn out to be a classic. Argentina took the lead through Nahuel Molina after an assist by Messi that was out of this world. Messi then made it 2-0 through a penalty. Uh, just as Argentina seemed to be progressing serenely, Wout Weghorst uh, scored a brace for Netherlands, making it 2-2 in the 11th and final minute of stoppage time. Uh, it was a well-worked free kick that completely flummoxed the Argentinian. Uh, Diman, what did you make of the game? Argentina were in control and uh, then they completely lost control. I mean, I don't know here, uh, both Argentina and Brazil have spoken about, going into the World Cup, have spoken about wanting to play more quality European opposition. That did not happen. And I think both paid for that. 
if it was a moment of individual brilliance that give, that you know wins you back or helps you come back into a game that's a separate thing but for all the talk in this world cup about you know finesse about uh, about uh, possession about uh, you know being effective efficient in the front third holland's idea of getting back into the game was to throw two big tall strikers and hope for the best that's as root one of football as you can ever get but it was effective it was effective because i think argentina lost control and the second goal definitely happened from a foul that was completely unnecessary now argentina might debate whether the foul was right or not that's just, but pushing from behind outside your penalty area when you are winning the game forget the routine i mean that free kick should not have been conceded yeah and if you cannot keep your focus in games like this it can only bode ill for you you will not how much is messi going to do mm. and, and and you spoke about the pass that was out of this world i think it is out of the solar system yeah. because it's a pass that he is not even seeing the player yeah. the first time i saw the pass it reminded me of the passes maradona made in 86 mm. to buruchaga and 92 kanijia and then i looked at them again i'm taking nothing away from those passes one of them won argentina world cup the other uh, helped them beat brazil uh, and 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 progress but the point is and i think kanijia's pass was also from the right foot the point is in on both occasions maradona was playing the ball he had an idea of where his where the person who he was passing to was he was looking up seeing messi could not have seen molina making that run it was the only passing option that messi had if you go back to that move which i'm sure the world will all the time now when he receives the ball there's no player close to him there's a player slightly in front but he's between two defenders two two holland players which means that that is not a passing option there's a player on the left and you by the if messi does think of passing him on the left it could be intercepted by denzel dumfries the dutch mm-hmm. right back which effectively meant there was no option he could have gone solo and tried to win a free kick mm-hmm. or he could have done what he did now to be he nathan ake leaves his position to make that challenge and messi manages to find that space and then molina makes that run now it's a goal that talks about extra sensory perceptions i do not have uh, words to describe this but yeah. he has shown us in this world cup about his ability to find space where most of us can't see any he did that against mexico uh, with that goal which i think rescued argentina's campaign after their loss against saudi arabia and he did that yesterday this is a this is a contest that has great history i mean you you look at you look at croif uh, croif's holland against argentina in 74 you look at them playing the final kempesh was at the ground yesterday yeah uh, looking very businessman like uh, uh, his hair cut short uh, and then you look at the 1978 final and then you think of that bergkamp uh, goal everyone spoke about it in the in the pre match uh, press conferences van hal spoke about it memphis spoke about it this is a match that has so many glorious moments and and but what messi did yesterday would possibly top the list simply because of the 
audacity uh, or because of the vision that he showed to be able to find a teammate without even looking at him i think i think it's it would have been a real pity had argentina lost and that pass become became a footnote which is what it was in real danger of being yeah but thank god that the pass will be talked about for the right reasons it will be talked about as the one that gave argentina the lead in what they helped them go to the semi final yeah yeah i i have watched uh, quite a few replays of that pass and yeah, still like uh, jaw dropping yeah uh, that peripheral vision and the game awareness uh, yeah uh, to know yeah uh, just outstanding uh devan moving on to today's matches uh there's morocco versus portugal and england versus france we have had two shootouts already do you think these matches can be settled in normal time or how do you see them i would like as 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 we discussed earlier i would like to i mean the shootouts are unfair at one level i mean i mean brazil are out because marquinhos shot hit the post uh italy won a world cup because a david trezeguet shot hit the post uh, hit the... now it is what it is i'm not i'm not complaining there is no better way to decide a game and the shootouts do our Uh, uh do require a fair amount of skill the ability to manage pressure but it's cruel uh, so if the game is decided in in regulation time maybe maybe in extra time without the shootouts i would love that uh that said morocco would try and take the game to the shootout because they have nothing to lose whether they have the legs to do that is something we'll find out because uh, you know however much teams have tried they've not been able to put off tiredness uh, and the world cup has given us enough instances of that the 1970 italy team that lost 4-1 to brazil in the final was not as bad a team as it has been made out to be but it had it had played bruising games in the lead up to the final where brazil were winning at a canter like they did against south korea here so they were a more tired team that is one example the 1982 west germany team that lost to italy again was a more tired team because they had a really long drawn semi final against France where Platini and Rummenigge played uh, like the champions they were and finally uh, West Germany won i think 8-7 in the shootout so they did not recover in time i know that the recovery mechanisms etc have moved have come a long way from the 40 odd years ago that we are talking about but do morocco have the legs do they have the number of players to be able to do this because they also have a lot of injury problems having said that morocco know their best chance is to do exactly what they did against spain but portugal are a different team portugal do not play that many sideways passes they have players who can individually make the difference um, and we are not talking of the person who's going to start on the bench possibly start on the bench here uh, so portugal can seal the deal in regulation time but morocco would want to take the game in extra time if you the england france game well uh, i don't think either side would want it to want to go to extra time both of the teams have incredible uh, attacking talent england have looked solid at the back they've had only two goals in this competition and both of them came after they sealed the deal against iran mm-hmm. uh, they've managed clean sheets thereafter their goals have been shared by a number of people they are not one player dependent in when it comes to getting goals Bellingham has had a great tournament so far and you put all this and then you say but France have Mbappe yeah. and you don't really have an answer to that right. so i i'm just hoping that you know it is a game where 
if england can show a way to contain mbappe which nobody in the, this world cup has it will be set used as a marker for the future if mbappe imposes himself like he has in all the games that france have won it will intimidate france's opponents in the semi final further and maybe in the final because you'd expect france to go all the way so it's a very crucial match in that sense but it's also a match between two important teams two teams which have a number of players who are very good in their uh, responsibilities their departments and i think that is what is going to be interesting to watch right right like messi mbappe has already produced a few moments of magic at this world cup uh, we'll have to wait and watch whether he can do it again today that was it for this episode if you want to reach out to us you can find us on our twitter handles at vivek9301 and at demanht if you're a true football fan you cannot not subscribe to kickoff our weekly newsletter on the world game which hits inboxes every friday for more updates on this podcast follow ht smartcast on instagram facebook twitter youtube and linkedin and to listen to more such podcasts log on to htsmartcast.com This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.